Welcome everyone. We are back again right here with the 100 series everyday awesome podcast where we are bringing you amazing people from all around the Quad City area and this week is truly special because we're going to be covering a topic that I think a lot of people have been talking about through social media over the last few months especially during the quarantine months and uh, that being sex work and sex workers and I know that a lot of people have their own ideas preconceived notions. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to clear the air, if you will, about that topic, about sex work, what that means, what that entails, and how better to do that than to invite on a sex worker. We have Eris in here. Hello, Eris. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on here to the podcast and being willing to share. I know a lot of people have questions about what sex work is, you know, what isn't, and I, I really appreciate you coming in, coming in here to, uh, to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, thank you for having me. Um, what better way than to actually talk to a sex worker to clear the air, answer some questions, and just, you know, get a little bit more familiar. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, Eris, go ahead and just give everyone just a little bit of your background, who you are, how, kind of how you got started and what it is that you exactly do. Okay, um, so my name is Eris. I've been around the area for about six or seven years. Um, I've been in sex work uh, for almost eight years now. Um, I started stripping when I was 18. I work at Daisy Dukes. Um, I don't really know. I moved out of my hometown and actually to come up here and start um, working, it really wasn't, I don't know, it was something that I always kind, not always, but from a younger age I wanted to do. It was never anything forced or something I felt like I had to do. It just seemed kind of fun. Um, I started watching um, the girls next door actually the uh the playboy show um and i thought that looked cool that they did that they were you know pretty models and such like that so um i thought that would be a cool thing and then i found that i had a huge love for dance and so the nudity from playboy and dancing kind of coincided um, I went to a strip club as soon as I turned 18 just to see how it was. I fell in love, and I did amateur night, and then I started from there. I had just been continuing to dance. Um, I did some nude modeling and stuff. I actually went to Las Vegas to um, do Playboy, and... Um, now with you know you had brought up the quarantine i do a more intimate form of modeling which i think a lot of people are more recently becoming more aware of as uh the cam modeling and such i personally just do a private snapchat um so yeah through quarantine that's what i've been doing since the clubs have been closed down um i plan on continuing on with that I also continue planning, like, on stripping. Um, we just opened back up, actually, Thursday. But, um, I mean, I still, I go to school. Um, just a normal person. Otherwise, it's just a job. Right. But, yeah, yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people don't really understand, that just it's just like going to work at the grocery store or yeah. or working at, at John Deere or at a factory or being a teacher. This is just your your profession, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, I am very open about my sex work. But before I tell people, most people would never know. You know, I've been out with people. I've been, you know, hanging around people and their families. And until it gets brought up, nobody knows you know right. so yeah just normal I do normal everyday things like I still go out with my friends I still 
you know, sleep in, I go to the gym, like, just is normal that, things. Is that, a, is that an easy or an, an, or an uncomfortable conversation to have with someone when you're talking to them for the first time and, and they ask you, you know, what do you do for a living? You know, what's that conversation like? Um, so I was really unsure when I started this. Um, I wanted to make sure that I knew that everything that came with it, and that includes, you know, thinking about, am I going to tell my family? Am I going to be open with people who I'm dating? Um, am I going to be open with their families? Am I going to be open with my friends? And I kind of just, you know, wanted to feel it out a bit. And after that, I just realized I wanted to be open. Um, I also understand that that's a privilege and not everybody has that luxury. Um, I, only, I decided I only wanted people in my life that were going to be comfortable and supportive of everything that I do. And that included me stripping, me modeling, you know, everything that kind of comes with me. So I decided I was going to be open. To me, if you don't make it a big deal, it's not. Okay. Um, a lot of people actually haven't really blinked an eye at it. And honestly, the thing that I get the most is people just asking a lot of questions. They've never been able to talk to a stripper, you know, outside of the club or, you know, to get those questions answered and stuff. Like, so it's just cool to them to be able to talk to me and ask questions and stuff. So me being very open, it's not weird for me, but I could see how it could be if girls aren't, you know, out about it. Right. So, you know, with that being said, with being at the club, if you don't mind kind of sharing, like, what is it like on, on your end? Like, what's, what's like a day at work life for all the people who don't, who aren't, familiar with with what you do okay um so my night usually um through the week we open at seven so usually I get there between seven and seven thirty um I clock in I pay my house fee which actually is something a lot of people don't know um if you are a dancer you actually have to pay to work so I have to pay my, uh, it's called a house fee or a stage fee. Um, so I need to pay that for them to put me on the list. And that allows me to have a spot in the dressing room and a spot on stage, um, sort of like a hairdresser paying for her chair. Okay. Um, so I pay that nightly. I go in and then I usually come in with my makeup and hair done, but some girls just come in and they do their makeup and hair upstairs. You spend 15 minutes deciding what outfit you're going to wear <laughs> and you get dressed. Um, and then I definitely stretch before my shift because it's very, very important to stay limber and not pull a muscle on stage. Oh my goodness. <laughs> then, um, I like to wait to talk to people till I go on stage because it gives me a little bit more of confidence like I got my first stage set out of the way because honestly before every shift I really do get anxious like doing this for 18 years or eight years and I still get really nervous before a stage so if I can knock that stage set out of the way first um, then I go talk to customers and um, you know try to see if they want dances and stuff um, it can be discouraging when you just hear, no, no, maybe later, maybe later. Um, but I'm really, really blessed to work at a club that those girls are my sisters. So if I need an uplift or a kick in the ass, <laughs> I can go upstairs to the dressing room and, you know, there'll be a hug there or someone wanting to take a shot with me or someone telling me, Eris, get your butt down there and make money. Just do it. So that's, that's awesome that you have that type of camaraderie at, at the place you work at. I know that at some places it can be a little bit more catty. So it's really cool that, that you were able to have that, that bond with the people you work with. Yeah. Um, actually a lot of customers come in and they do ask about 
um, well, how are you with the other girls and such. I think a lot of that comes from movies. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Players Club, but I know that's a yep. You yep. Okay, so that's a huge, huge like movie that people have seen that they're like, this is how strip clubs are, and it's totally not like that at all. Um, we really do band together, and I. The best way for me to describe it would be to kind of call us like a sorority. We really are sisters. We stick together in our sex work. If something were to happen on the floor to another girl, you know, or me, say I'm on the floor and something happens that a customer is being rude or, you know, even trying to get physical with me. I know if, you know, a bouncer is not right in it there, I know one of my sisters will come and help me out with a situation. That's really, really cool, you know, to know that and to have that. That's really good stuff. Do you, have you ever had like friends uh, come in and, and see like for the first time and they're like what is going on yes okay so I mean like I said I'm very open about it so I have had lots and lots of my friends come in and see me uh, they knew before they came in that I was working um, honestly I feel like it's it's not weird for me but I feel like it's more weird for them than it is for me because sometimes they don't know how to act you know, you walk in and one of your friends is on stage naked, <laughs> like, you know, so um, I don't know. It's always fun. And I definitely try to make sure that they have the best time possible, you know, and I want them to see, I want everybody to see the strip club in a good light, but I definitely want my friends to see like, you know, I'm working in a good place and it's a fun place and it's safe. Um, Actually, when I went in to do amateur night, that was the one time I didn't tell anybody I was going, and uh, three or four people from my high school just happened to walk in as I was signing up for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a little nerve-wracking, yeah. But it was a good time, and, you know, if someone were to come in and knew me that didn't know that I danced, the best thing to do is just laugh it off. <laughs> like, right. So, and yeah. And it's important, too, that if you do have friends that come in and see you, that they talk to you by your stage name, correct? Yeah. Um, I, I have had that issue a little bit where people come in and they want to call me by my real name. And I understand that, one, that's how they've known me the entire time is by my real name. And two, you know, they're probably been drinking and like a little intoxicated. So to remember to call me heiress is probably not first thing on their mind, especially with a bunch of hot naked women walking around. <laughs> but it is very, very important. If you know a dancer by her real name to still call her her stage name, whether it's on her work page, whether it's in the club, it's very, very important because people don't understand the stage names are not for appeal. You know, I wouldn't change my name if I didn't have to. People don't understand that a stage name is so I don't get doxxed, which a lot of civilian like civs don't really know what that would mean, but that would be, you know, people blackmailing women for, or even men for their sex work. Um, it helps so I don't get stalked because you can do a lot with a name, especially in a small town. All they would have to do would be even look on Facebook for my real name and they could probably find me. Um, it's just like a really, really big safety thing. And a lot of people don't understand that and don't take it serious. And it really has to be because this is a dangerous, dangerous world of sex work and it's already dangerous enough without you blasting my legal name out there, you know? So I just really do definitely want to press that issue that if you know a sex worker's real name, please call her by her stage name. I get everybody slips up. I've slipped up while I've been working and called my friends by their real names. Um, but don't yell it while she's on stage or anything like that. It's just try to please be so respectful of that. Yeah. And I think that just comes with just one of the many parts of 
etiquette when you when you go to your club. I'm sure there are a lot of things that you have to do because obviously if you don't follow the rules correctly, do you have the the guys in the big black shirts and they're gonna chuck you out, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And they actually that is something they do take very serious. But um, etiquette is super important. Like I said, um, in the strip club, I kind of think of everybody. It's such a natural state of mind that you're drinking. There's naked women around. Like, of course, you know, you're not super thinking of etiquette and such. But, you know, keeping your hands to yourself you know, unless asked for, um, you know, speaking to women like they're women is a huge one. Um, you know, and yeah, call them by their stage names. Don't try to ask her real name. I don't, I've never really gotten that one, but, um, yeah, our bouncers take a good care of us. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But yeah, I mean, as far as etiquette as well, you know, you don't want to be that guy in the strip club not spending money. And I know whenever I say that, so many people take it as, well, you're just there for money. Like, you're just being money hungry. And it's not that. It's more of, I would never come into anybody's job or ask them to do a job and not spend money. To me, when you're looking at me naked on stage and you can't even put a dollar on my stage that's extremely rude to me. And I take that offensively, you know, so I understand you're not going to have a taste for every single girl. All that I ask is, Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> All that I ask is if you're at my stage and you don't like what I'm doing or you don't want to tip me for whatever reason, I'm okay with that. Please step away from my stage and don't continue to just stare at me. Uh, make room for somebody who does want to spend money or, you know, it's just, I'm there doing a job. And if you just want to look for free, that's, you know, just offensive to me. So, okay. Yeah. Good stuff. That's, that, that's actually, you know, eye opening. See, I'm learning so much right now. I didn't realize that, that there were so many different things um as far as etiquette goes and i'm guessing it's probably not proper to leave quarters <laughs> if you leave and i've had that plenty of times uh, not plenty but i've had them a good handful of times and uh if you want to play a game of quarters with me while i'm on stage i'll play it right back with you <laughs> <laughs> no no change or anything um that is also a safety issue because we are in eight inch very tall heels um if i step on that i could slip and i could fall and that's a long fall um but also it's just it's not proper um bills only you know like we'll take any of your bills i mean ones five tens twenties hundreds for sure <laughs> um and actually also on the topic of tipping which I didn't know this before I started working there, it is proper to tip on top of a lap dance as well. Um, that reason being, they take a high percentage from our dances. Really? So they take 40% of every single one of my dances and VIPs. So on top of the house fee, you also have to, to pay a chunk out of each dance you do as well? Almost 50%. Yeah. Wow. So, and, and people don't know that. So when people, when I ask somebody to do a $40 dance, they're not thinking, they're thinking I'm just getting the whole 40. They're not thinking, Oh, they're taking a percentage and I'm only getting 25 out of that dance. You know? So a tip is always appreciated. Um, no matter what. But yeah, so a lot of people don't know that we pay to work, you know, we gotta pay a lot, so. Wow, that's eye-opening, very eye-opening. Very eye and I didn't know that before I worked there, and I wouldn't have known that unless I did work there. So sharing that knowledge makes people, you know, 
people mm-hmm. open their eyes and right. you know absolutely but so like when you're have you ever had any, any like out of the norm like like requests or, or do you get like requests from customers while you're at work or anything like that yeah oh yeah oh yeah totally um i know a lot of people come to the club because to them that is a safe place to express um certain fetishes or certain wants um my club is not full service so we don't do any extras um or anything like that but a lot of guys you know feel out in the normal world they wouldn't ask a woman to do certain things that they would ask me to do in the club like out in the normal world they probably wouldn't ask they wouldn't feel comfortable to ask a woman to um, beat them. <laughs> like, that's my number one thing that I get. What? Is, yeah. Um, they like a dominant woman. And with that comes, they want to either try out or they have found, you know, from personal exploration that they like the whips and the paddles and um, stuff like that. That's my most common one, but I've definitely had guys come in and ask for other things as far as, you know, fetishes that don't involve full service. And um, I also have plenty of guys that have come in and um, they just want to slow dance. They don't even want to dance. They just want to stand up and slow dance or they just want, you know, to be held and feel female compassion and a lot of people are surprised to hear that but yeah so it's not all just you know booty bumping and (laughs) (laughs) stuff it's you know a lot comes with it and so my job I feel is to give everybody the best possible experience and everybody has a different experience and I don't judge for Whatever that may be, I just hope that I can provide it for them. And speaking of experiences, what do you think has been your best experience uh, since doing all this? My best experience? Um, I don't know, really, because I've had so many. Um, I would not have been in the industry for eight years if it hasn't been good to me. And not even just talking about money, because... You know, I do well for myself, but the people that I've met along the way have just been really great. And that really does make up a majority of my friend group is my bouncers and my, you know, stripper sisters and such like that. Just the support and the love and stuff. Um, But as far as experiences, probably when I went down to Texas, I went and I featured down in Texas. Um, uh, so I was flown out there with a girlfriend of mine for a week, um, and put up in a hotel with transportation and stuff. And we went down there and it was a new club and it was super eye opening and it was beautiful. And, It was just amazing. And I think that that was probably one of my best experiences because that was my first time out of my home club. And so it forced me to step outside of the box and just, you know, I was still heiress, but it was just in a new place. So I was forced to be a little like, more open and stuff so that was probably one of my favorite experiences um plus it was a little vacation from Iowa but um oh I don't know I mean there's been days when I've gone on stage and I mean I danced for two songs and I got thousand dollars thrown on me you know it's just you know so some days you have that and some days you have one dollar on your stage but yeah (laughs) nice now obviously with COVID-19 
going around. You said that your club was closed these last few months, so you weren't able to work. How how have you been during these last few months? Um, so the way that it happened in Iowa, um, Illinois got a very little um, like heads up that they were going to close. We really didn't. And actually me and my girlfriends were in the process of planning maybe a last blast because we thought we were going to be closed. Um, and before we could plan anything, I mean, we were shut down before we could even open that day. Um, that came to a big, you know, shock and it was very sudden for a lot of us. Um, so at first I was just a little sad and like, you know, maybe a little hopeful that, okay, the club's going to open back up in a few weeks and stuff. And it just, it wasn't, and it was, things were getting worse with COVID. Um, and even if the club did open, I don't think most of us would feel comfortable going in there and being in such close contact with people. Um, anyways, even if we were open. So I had heard a lot about the OnlyFans thing, um, which if people out there don't know, it's basically where you sell content online. It's a page where you can sell content. I heard a lot about that. Um, wasn't really my jam, but I just kind of randomly one day, I don't know, I just decided I was tired of sitting here not making money. And if I'm just sitting here, I should be doing something. So I decided to make a separate Snapchat for my personal one. And it's just a normal Snapchat, Snapchat page. And I, sell, I just started to sell um, pictures and videos and I was nervous to post that on my personal social media. So I kind of just started making jokes about it on my Snapchat until people on my personal Snapchat, until people started asking questions. And then I made the choice to, yeah, be totally open about it. Um, I post about it on my Instagram. I post about it on my personal Snapchat and sometimes my Facebook. Um, but yeah, so I started to promote for that and that is definitely kept me busy. It's a lot more work than I thought it would be. It's not just taking pictures. It's not just, you know, taking videos. Um, one, it's sexual content. So you're nude. So there's no hiding any flaw. <laughs> it's like, um, but then it's also, you know, I didn't understand the work that went into editing videos. Um, I'd never done that in my life. I'm not savvy with that. So a little bit of frustration on that front. Um, but that had kept me busy. And with, you know, again, me having the privilege of being able to be out about my sex work allowed me to promote for that and have a really good client base. And I've had a very lucrative quarantine. <laughs> That's good. That's good that you were able to make money. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, that was definitely out of my comfort zone. I'd never done anything like that. Um, so, it was just a little different. But the fact that, you know, there were still people who wanted the female compatible, like the female like compassion, the people that still wanted to be able to talk to a woman or, you know, have that sexual piece of her. Um, I was really, really honored that so many people had come to me for that and that I could provide that for them. Um, so because yeah, during quarantine, I mean, a lot of people were just kind of stuck in the house with nothing to do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The one thing that I keep hearing about the whole OnlyFans or premium Snapchats or private Snapchats is um, 
so many people keep saying, why would I pay for it? I see that all over all the posts on Facebook and Reddit and such. And I really just wanted to clear the air on that for sure is what most people don't know that on the sites as far as Pornhub and I mean I think that's just most of your free sites that you're gonna find that porn is stolen so that porn was made you know whenever somebody at some point bought it downloaded it and then put it on another website for free so one that's stolen which i think really sucks and you know if that continues to happen the porn like the porn stars that you love and stuff that will all be obsolete and that will not be a thing anymore um also when you pay for your porn you get to ask for you know whatever your fetish or whatever gets you going personally so when i make videos for people they tell me what i what they want and then that's exactly what i do so if you want it more personal or a girl that you know that you've had a crush on forever and now you get to see it you know you you know, it's nice that you pay for it then. So, yeah, I don't know. I just see so many people saying, why would I pay for that and stuff? But it's, again, it's a job. Yeah. And you're supporting local. <laughs> Absolutely, local businesses. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What are your, so what are your thoughts on, on, cause I've seen on my Instagram, a lots of women and men who are starting up their own you know, private sites through Snapchat, through the OnlyFans site. Like what's like, what's your take on, on seeing this huge boom, so to speak from people? Um, okay. So I didn't know much about it, to be honest, before quarantine. And I really think a lot of us are in that same boat because I've always just been dancing. Um, so I, it's probably the anxiety in me, but I have to research everything before I do it like a ton. So I started looking into things and what would be lucrative and what is, you know, the most asked for and stuff. And the market with quarantine definitely was super oversaturated and that worried me getting into it because I didn't get into it right away. I didn't have a fan base for that. Um, and so that worried me that maybe I wouldn't do very well. Um, and honestly, the oversaturation of the market has not affected my business at all. Um, and I think that comes from a lot of everybody has their own taste. So everybody's going to be into something different. Um, and different people, you know, I'm sure that there's people out there that can do things for others that I personally can't. Um, or maybe not everybody is into redheads. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, so really like the oversaturation of the market has not hurt my business at all um and if anything i've given my advice to people um and i always tell them you know i'm not a professional or anything but this is what i do that works for me you know um and that's actually another form of work that i have found camaraderie in is um me and my girlfriends have you know we're always shouting each other out on instagram shouting each other out on our snapchats um the girls that have only fans like i know they shout each other out and stuff um so yeah it's been really great finding that camaraderie in that as well um and really just 
trying, like, I think just like sex workers trying to make sure like everybody makes money and, you know, stays above the water during this. Um, but I mean, a lot of people are doing it. And if that's something that you want to do and you feel comfortable with, I say go for it. <laughs> All right. And you said that your club opens back up on Thursday? No, we opened up last Thursday. L last Thursday. Yes. So that was our uh, soft opening, which I don't know if that was a little play on the words, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was <laughs> our little uh, soft opening. Um, we just had a few of the girls out there and um, we posted on our Facebook. And honestly, so I worked the, um, I worked a, Daisy Dukes on Friday and Saturday, or uh, Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday, I went up to um, our sister club in Cedar Rapids, the Lumberyard. So, I have found that we haven't had an over-surplus of customers, but the people that are coming in there are excited that we're back open, and they're ready to get dances and see us on stage again. So, it's been a really good energy. All of us girls are super excited to be back. Um, it's just been a really great high energy, positive vibes all the way around, actually at both clubs, so. Has there been any concerns? Obviously the virus is still out there. Are you guys taking any type of precautions or anything like that? Because obviously with, with, with what you do, social distancing really isn't a thing. So so how do you, so, so what do you, so, What's your guys' kind of take on that? Um, so when we were talking about opening again, that was actually my number one concern was, you know, are we going to still be doing dances? Are we going to have to wear masks? Are clients going to have to wear masks? Um, so actually, nobody in the building is needing to wear a mask. Um, if you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, you sure can. Our um, dances, you can still um, touch anywhere except for our cookie. Um, we don't allow mouth contact at our club. But um, I think that a lot of people don't really know how clean we are already. Um, so if you ever see a girl walk up to the pole with a towel, um, that's rubbing alcohol. So that's already to clean the pull down. Um, a lot of us are constantly, we either have a witch hazel upstairs or rubbing alcohol, or um, we actually have a shower in our dressing room. Um, and like, so we're constantly cleaning the stage. We're constantly cleaning the pole ourselves. We have hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, so if anything, if, I know that I'm clean even if people aren't coming in and using all of the hand sanitizer and such. I know that I have the tools, you know, in my dressing room or on the floor to stay as clean as possible um, and safe from the COVID and such. Um, yeah, but... We haven't had anybody come in with masks or anything or concerns, but of course, if you didn't feel comfortable having a girl do a dance for you, um, just don't get a dance or don't touch her or such. Go on, Zena. Go, baby. <laughs> so, go, baby. Come on. But, um, yeah, so... It's definitely, we're just taking it slow. Um, our, we don't have a necessary cap on girls as far as number of girls we can have working, but um, we're definitely making sure that our dressing room isn't overcrowded. Um, and then, like I said, we haven't had an over surplus of customers yet, but I know now that word is getting out more, that we're open and more people are going to be out we will. Um, so I think we're just kind of playing it by ear. 
Um, definitely listening to, you know, what's going on with it, thinking always what can we do to make it better and make it more comfortable for everybody involved, um, girls and customers. So, Cool. Yeah. Now, uh, some other questions that I had for you regarding the, we talked a little bit about, about it briefly, the perception of sex workers. I know um, there are a lot of preconceived notions. Like, what are some things that you want to clearly air on regarding sex workers? Okay. Um, so, I think that one of the number one things that people think, and actually I've had friends ask me, um, they think just because you're a stripper, you're a full-service sex worker. And by full-service sex worker, um, that means that you would provide extras as far as um, like oral or even um, vaginal sex or um, touching of the privates and stuff. Um, and just, yeah, stripper does not mean full service. Um, that's probably the number one biggest, like, misconception that people think. Um, the fact that, you know, I'm heiress in the club, and some people think that I'm heiress everywhere. They think because I'm a stripper, I am a stripper all the time, that my pleasers never come off my feet. <laughs> and that's just so not true. Um, I mean, you've been around me to know I'm just a normal person. I'm goofy. I'm not sexy all the time. <laughs> um, you know, so um, definitely that. Um, there is a huge difference between a sex worker and human trafficking. Um, sex work is not forced. It is, you know, a job, you know, human trafficking is when you have that forced, you know, you have to do this. Um, someone making you do it out of your own, like, like it's not on your free will. Um, definitely that, um, not everybody who does sex work does it for, drugs or booze or you know what have you I do it because I like it I'm not on a schedule um it's been lucrative for me and it's a comfortable environment for me to be in um there's just so many that if you really just sat and you know talk to a sex worker you would understand that we're just normal people. We're not out here all doing crazy things, you know, so. Yeah, and you said that you were a student as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're in any one of my classes, you would have no idea what I do at night, aside from probably the bags under my eyes, because I work till 3 a.m. the night before. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I go to school. I am going for nursing, actually. I want to work in the ER. Um, I understand that dancing isn't a career. It's just a job. Um, I have goals. I want to do things in the future aside from dancing. But dancing is paying the bills, and school is expensive. It's paying for my schooling and such and helping me get ahead. So I'm using it as a stepping stone and it's really been a sturdy stepping stone for me the past eight years. And it's cool. helped me with a lot. Cool. And you also, you said, I know you said you volunteer, right? At the animal shelter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, King's harvest every Wednesday. Um, that's definitely a, light in my heart. I love going there and taking care of all the kitties and stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, we go out, we do things for the community on, you know, holidays and stuff. I like to go and I like to volunteer at the homeless shelters, um, getting care packages together for them. Um, yeah, I volunteer at the, um, 
King's Harvest. Um, so we're doing things for the community. Like we're doing things for ourselves. I have plenty of my friends that have their master's degrees in different things. They do different things. You would never know that they danced at night. Um, so yeah, we're out here doing things. We really are. And we're just doing a job just like the rest of you and just a different way. Right. Yeah. And it's important to know that I think a lot of people, when, it, when they hear the word sex, they kind of shy away from that when honestly, it's really, it's a part of all of us. Honestly, it's like, it's like, it's, it's ingrained into all of us and some of us kind of shy away from it, but it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at first when I heard the word sex worker, even I was like, whoa, that's not me. You know, I'm not providing sex. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I got comfortable with it because yes, you're exactly right. Sex is ingrained in all of us. Um, loving of the nudity, you know, looking at attractive bodies, um, all that, you know, it's all pleasurable and there's nothing wrong with it. So I actually started using sex worker more and more often and I try so hard to normalize it and to use it more in normal conversation. Um, I find it empowering, you know, to call myself a sex worker. Um, you've noticed I don't always call myself just a dancer. I will call myself a stripper. Um, I don't see it as derogatory unless you use it as, you know, Jesus stripper, you know? Right. So, but yeah, sex worker, I definitely like to use that. I've found a lot of empowerment in that. Good stuff. All right. Well, we're winding down here on the podcast and we're going to go into our special section called the crow's nest where I have some hot seat questions here for you. Oh no. Okay. okay. <laughs> so normally what I would do is I have these questions in a bowl and I have you pick out three of the questions, but because we're doing this online, I'm going to have you pick a number between one and 10 and I will ask that question and we'll do it three times. Okay. Um, well, six is my lucky number, so we're going to go with that one. All right. What is your favorite memory from the last five years? At work or? Anyway, at work, in life, anything. In life? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, my favorite memory. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, going down and seeing my parents for the first Father's Day in, like, six years. Right. Um, my parents live in my hometown, like, an hour away, and I was estranged for them for years, and I came down one Father's Day to surprise my dad and reconnected, so that was definitely... That's awesome. That's yeah, very thanks. awesome. <laughs> it's always cool when you're able to, to, re to reconnect with someone after being apart for such a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Especially my parents. And now like we're super close. They're a huge part of my life. They're like my number one fans. So. Cool. All right. Next, uh, next number. Mm, two. Right. What's your dream vacation? Oh, my dream vacation. Honestly, I want to go to Italy so bad. I'm Italian. I'm so proud of my roots. Um, my great-great-grandma and grandpa came over, actually, on the boat um, from Italy, didn't speak a lick of English, and kind of started from scratch here. And I really, really want to see, you know, where they lived and my roots from, you know, Italy. That's awesome. Super yeah. cool. I'm sure yeah. you'll, I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll get there in time. You'll get there. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely after all this quarantine, maybe I can start planning. <laughs> all, right. Cool. all right. Last question. Um, seven. Seven. What food is your guilty pleasure? Ooh, crab legs. Crab legs drenched in butter, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know what it is about seafood, but it just has a special place in my heart. And I also think 
crab because I've, I love to cook and I've been told I'm pretty great cook, but crab legs intimidate me and I've never tried them. So I think that's another reason. They're like a challenge. So they hold a special place in my heart. <laughs> any, any particular restaurant you like to get them from? Um, I've always kind of gotten them from Red Lobster. Um, I don't know if I've really had them anywhere else, but Red Lobster usually does a pretty kick-ass job. So. <laughs> cool. All right, then, Eris, you did it. You have survived the crow's nest. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, before we officially sign off here, for all the people who are interested in looking up more about you, following you, how can they find you online? Okay. Um, so my Instagram is Eris Apple XX, and that is spelled E R I S A P P L E X X. And if you are looking to buy content, um, you can add my um, Snapchat, and that is just Eris Apple, and that's spelled the same. It's E-R-I-S-A-P-P-L-E. And if you're looking for a good time and a club to party at and have some fun with some naked girls, you can always come down to Daisy Dukes in Davenport. All right, all right. Well, Eris... Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing with me and with my listeners and viewers here on the podcast. I appreciate you so much, and I wish you all the best and all, all the success in the world. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me on here. I super appreciate it, and definitely be well with you know this whole COVID and everything going on. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. And everyone at home. Thank you for checking out the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. Stay subscribed on iTunes. Stay followed on Spotify. Stay followed on Instagram, Facebook, all the good things. You know where they are, so you know exactly when the next episode is going to drop. Thank you all. Fly high, and I'll see you soon.